Hello everyone and welcome back. My name is Nat and I, your host, and this is Politics Matter. Thank you all for joining us today and we hope you'll join in on the conversation. Our phone lines will be open and the number to call in is 1-587-602-4293. Before we begin today, I want to thank you all for subscribing to our channel. On today's episode, we're going to take a listen to the ongoing occupation of Gaza to hear from a reporter of Gaza the conditions in which men, women, and children are being subjected to since October 7, 2023, a report taken from Democracy Now!, the War and Peace report from February 15, 2024. The raid on Nasser Hospital in Khan Yunus comes as fears are mounting that Israel will act on its plans to launch a ground invasion into Rafah, the southernmost part of Gaza that Israel had previously declared a safe zone. Over half of Gaza's population, some 1.4 million people, including over 600,000 children, are crammed into Rafah after being displaced from their homes and driven south during Israel's brutal assault. There are now massive tent encampments pushing up to the Egyptian border. International pressure is mounting for Israel to call off its ground invasion. The UN's top humanitarian official, Martin Griffiths, said that an assault on Rafah, quote, could lead to a slaughter. We go now to Rafah, where we're joined by journalist Akram Al-Satari. Akram, welcome back to Democracy Now! We have just heard these chilling reports from inside Nasser Hospital right before uh, Israel occupied it and the bombing of it. You've sent out a picture of some of the ammunition used by the Israeli military. Explain what happened inside and also what's happening around you in Rafah. Well, the situation continues to be extremely dire in the vicinity and inside Medic, uh, uh, Nasser Medical Complex. The Israeli occupation forces have been targeting the vicinity of the area, including some of the UNRWA shelters not far away from the hospitals. They are destroying, and they were destroying the walls of the hospitals, the exterior of the hospitals. They targeted the words of the hospital, the inwards of the hospital. They targeted the surgery department in the hospital and injured at least one surgeon while he while he was inside the, surgeon, the surgery department, they asked people to leave the hospital, and when they're leaving the hospitals, they shot them dead. They asked one guy whose hands were tied, and he was sent to the people inside the hospital, to the internally displaced people, asking them to leave the hospital. And then when he ended up speaking to the people and returning to the Israelis because he was fearful from death, he was killed, and he was left on the ground. Around 80 bodies uh, laid right in front of the uh, outer gate of the Nasser Hospital, up to some 200 meters away from the hospital. Fear, death, and shock are enclaving and encircling the people in that area. The Israeli occupation forces continue their operation, continue targeting Nasser Hospital, continue ask people to leave, and when they are leaving, they snipe them. There are some disturbing images and footage of the people, of the bodies of the people being eaten and devoured by the dogs and by the stray cats, people who were just communicating with their relatives were describing the horrors, and they were also documenting those horrors. Israel continues to target the hospitals. They target Nasser Hospital, and they are still targeting Al Amal Hospital, not far away from Nasser Hospital, around 1, 1.5, uh, 2, 2.5 kilometers in Al Amal neighborhood, and they continue the very same policy. The policy of targeting the medical complexes, 
targeting the medical personnel, targeting the patients, targeting the escorts, and spreading the fear and destruction in that area. Some of the people who were in Khan, inside Khan Yunus were rushing, were pulling the beds of their deers, some of them in the orthopedic department that was targeted, some of them in the general surgery department, and they were carrying or pulling the beds for around five or six or seven kilometers to reach Rafah. As you can see, now the Abu Yusuf al-Najjar Hospital, where I am located now, has been receiving numbers of the people who were in, inside Nasser Hospital and Al-Amal Hospital. They received them. They are trying to expand the bed capacity of the hospital. They're trying to accommodate to the influx of people who are fleeing from Nasser Hospital, who are fleeing for their safety, who are fleeing for their life, and they end up staying in tents like those, where sanitation is at question, where the quality of the medical care provision is at question too, where the large number of people who are already staying inside the hospital prevent them from absorbing or accommodating any other additional number of people injured. The health system at large has been struggling. The infrastructure of the whole city of Rafah cannot absorb or accommodate the large number of Palestinians inside Rafah. Around 1.2 million Palestinians were staying in Rafah. Now tens of thousands of them are leaving Rafah and heading towards Khan Yunis and towards Gaza central area with doubts of the continuous and with fear of the looming ground invasion that is likely to be a replication of everything that was done in Gaza in the north and everything that was done in Khan Yunis. People were hopeful that the ICJ, International Court of Justice, would bring them justice or would at least make Israel reconsider its tactics when it comes to protected human objects and health facilities, also journalists. But it looks like Israel is continuing the very same approach, is continuing the very same way of targeting. We were hopeful as journalists that Israel wouldn't be targeting Nasser Hospital or Al-Amal Hospital. But unfortunately, the targeting is still continuous, and the large number of people, tens of thousands of people who were stuck in Khan Yunis, are now being targeted, either by the artillery fire or by the quadcopters, or by the uh, or by the f-16 or by all the other means and they are being killed and they are being left even the ones who are injured are being left to die on the ground people were describing the atrocities they have been seeing people have been crying over their deers who were screaming for help but they couldn't help them people are now crying over their, their deers who are still waiting in Hanus and cannot be reached cannot be rescued, cannot be saved, and they are likely to lose their life, like many others who lost their life the very same way. As to Rafah, Rafah is the place now for around, as I said, 1.2 million Palestinians. The area is underserved, no good infrastructure, no organized camping, no organized tents, no organized service provision, and the pressure resulting from this massive number of people is overburdening the municipalities, is overburdening the civil defense, is overburdening the Ministry of, Ministry of Health, and is overburdening the international organizations. The concern has been voiced, voiced by the UNRWA, by the World Food Program, by the UNICEF, by the United Nations Development Program, and they are all warning that any a ground offensive targeting Rafah is going to result in a catastrophe. A catastrophe that is bigger and much, much more bigger than the one that took place in the Gaza and the north and the one that is taking place right now in Khan Yunis. People in Gaza believe that no single international power is able now to bring an end to the ongoing misery that has been caused by the ongoing occupation and the indiscriminate 
This indiscriminate targeting as described by some of the Palestinians. Some of them are already on the beds recovering. Some of them are struggling for their life. And some of them are deprived from the very basic humanitarian need to food and water. Water is missing in Gaza. Food is missing in Gaza. And people have been struggling not for their own food need but rather for their children food need for the elderly people food need so the situation is dire and it continues to aggravate into something that is extremely life-threatening that needs an imminent that needs an imminent intervention for the sake of stopping any atrocities that are likely to happen and stopping the atrocities that are taking place now and i'm quoting many of the gazans that i spoke to many of the ones who are worried about their dears many of the ones that are worried also about their own safety many of the ones who are worried about the future and what it holds for them they think it is about time that something happens they think they have suffered enough they think they have died enough they think they have been hungry enough they think they have been thirsty enough they think they have been homeless enough and this is the outcry not only of the 1.2 million gazans who are staying in rafah but also of million gazans who are in gaza and the north who are in in Khan Yunis and who are in Rafah. People have been deprived from the access to very basic, essential food supplies and water supplies. They have been struggling, they have been facing famine, they have been seeing children who are dying from the hunger, and this is an outcry from them to the whole world that this needs to stop and the madness that is taking place in Gaza, and I'm again quoting the people who are talking to me, the madness needs to come to an end. As I'm talking to you, the, the unmanned drones are hovering all around the Gaza Strip. Day and night, continuous bombardment in different parts of Rafah, in different parts of Gaza Strip, at large and they continue to take the lives and hopes of the Palestinians. Palestinians who are living in Rafah and who are living in Gaza alike have been exhausting all the negative and positive coping mechanisms. The number of people who are injured is inconceivable. The number of people killed and the way they are being killed is also inconceivable and people continue to suffer and they expect that more suffering is coming if the international community fails once again to protect them. Akram al-Satari, if you could, you yourself right now are standing outside a hospital. We can hear uh, possibly a drone overhead. If you could describe the situation there, and you mentioned how uh, people, Palestinians there, are lacking even the most basic essentials, food, water. Tell us what humanitarian aid is getting in, if any. Well, I can describe the situation. I will have to describe the way I'm feeling about things and how things are unfolding. Every single time I walk one step in Gaza, I always imagine myself being blown up by an unmanned drone or by F-16 missile or by a quadcopter or by whatever weapon that is used by Israel. Every time I'm walking in every single home I pass by, I feel that this home might be targeted and I might be ending up dying and killed under the rubble of that house every single place i stay i moved from my home six times so i am homeless and displaced six times now and i'm waiting what would happen in rafah people in rafah as i told you people are deprived from everything even the very basic essential things the very essential things that are needed to lead a normal life or a semi-normal life or a life of internally displaced people 
Even the internet displaced people in Gaza are unique and different than any other internet displaced people all over the world. Over, all over the world, people are receiving and accessing food and water supplies. According to the Sphere book, a Sphere book is a book that has been developed for the sake of just identifying the quantities that are needed and the calories that are needed for the people to stay alive at the time of famine or at the time of conflict, man-made or natural disaster. So people are not even accessing that very limited, the threshold of food that is needed for the people in Gaza is not met because the UN agencies that have been helping the Gazans are now tarnished are now assaulted, are now attacked, and now the funding that is going to them is suspended. So people in Rafah and other areas have to do what they, what, what, what would they have to do to survive? Some of the people in the Gaza and the north had to do to use the food, uh, to feed of the animals, to ground it, the corn, to ground it, to make sure that they can bake some bread for their families. They don't have rice, they don't have water, they don't have canned food, they don't have anything, and they have been calling for the world to stop that. And they have been even, the, 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 the very uh, emotional thing about that is that everything that is happening, including the most and profoundly shocking things, are happening live on air. People are just documenting their death. People are documenting their suffering. People are documenting their hunger. People are documenting their thirst. People are do documenting their injury. People even documenting the hospitals when they are being raided and stormed in by the Israeli occupation forces. And the whole world, they have a, a feeling that the whole world is watching and that is not doing anything. And that feeling of helplessness is another, another way to kill the Palestinians. So if they're killed once, they're killed twice. Once by the ongoing bombardment that has been taking place, that has been documented, and the second time by not offering the fitting homage for those people by serving justice and by stopping aggression, like was said by the many people that I talked to. The situation is extremely dire. You will never be able to imagine the things that are happening. When you're walking down the streets, when you see small children out crying for food, when you see them lining up hundreds of people for a very limited one pot of rice or one pot of food, and they are struggling to get some of that to bring back to their families. When you see small children staying unaccompanied because they lost the whole family, when you see one man who buried his whole family and who's walking down the street like losing his mind because he lost all that he dreamt would grow up with him, which is his children, he lost his wife, he lost his father, he lost his mother, he lost his house, he lost any hope in, in life that he can clutch to. I saw many people talking to themselves down the streets. I saw many people crying because they have no one to cry to. They have no shoulder to cry over. They have no one to look after them. They have no one to console them. They have no one even to offer them some kind word to look after them. And they are going to, and they're driven insane because of that. Situation is unconceivable. It has affected all aspects of life of Gazans, and it continues to affect them. And it has destroyed many lives, and it continues to destroy life. And it is likely to destroy any hope that Gaza would survive. And I think this is the plan to break Gaza and to make Gaza uninhabitable and to destroy any possibility for Gazans to, re to, to relive or to rebuild or to just re retake their life again. Uh, Gaza now has the highest percentage of people facing acute food insecurity 
anywhere in the world. Finally, Akram al-Safari, as we watch you on the ground there in Rafa, and we thank you and your cameramen, we understand the very serious risks you face. I'm wondering if you question whether even to wear um, the vest you are wearing that says press. In light of the latest news just this week, bringing to possibly over 120 the number of Gaza-based journalists killed. Um, the Israeli drone struck a pair of Al Jazeera journalists on Tuesday, seriously injuring correspondent Ismail Abu Amar. He's had his leg amputated and his cameraman Ahmad Matar. Uh, they're in European hospital. Then you have yesterday Palestinian journalist Mutaz Al-Ghafari killed in Gaza City in an Israeli airstrike that also killed his wife and his child. Did you know these reporters? How are you protecting yourself? Well, as a matter of fact, Ahmed Matar is a friend of mine. The last time I shook hands with him was uh, three days ago. He shook my hand, but unfortunately he has no hand now because his hand and his arm was amputated and he's struggling for his life right now. He's one of my neighbors. He's one of my friends. I know him very well. He's such a very nice and kind per person. I know also the Ismail uh, Abu Amar, the one who's struggling for his life now because of unexpected hemorrhage because of his injury. I know many other journalists who were targeted and killed because of the Israeli ongoing bombardment. I know they have lives. I know they have families. I know they have careers that should be protected according to Geneva Conventions. And I know they were targeted and killed despite the fact that they are protected. And I know also that it's not only the journalists who were killed. There are also some humanitarian aid people who were killed. There were also some UNRWA people who were working to serve the population that is displaced, and they were killed also. I know many other people who were caring for other people, and they ended up being killed. The killing is massive. The killing is thorough. And I think no one in Gaza is protected, no safe haven. And I think there is every single person in Gaza now uh, lacks that sense of safety and security. And uh, we all understand that we are going to be suspended, killed people. And we know it's just a matter of time when Israel would reach any one of us and would kill any one of us, either our dreams or ourselves or our families or our friends or our acquaintances. This is the situation. This is, it is as dire as it sounds, but it, it's, it's different when it's felt. It's different when it's about the people you know. It's different when about the people you love. It's different when about the people who shake their hands, smile, sh shake your hands, smile at your face, say good morning or good afternoon or even good night. It's the personal stories of the people that makes us sometimes at the verge of collapse and breaking. But we understand that we have a mission to fulfill, which is to communicate the voice of the voiceless in Gaza, which is to show the real suffering the people has been enduring, have been enduring without no guilt that have been committed by them. It's a story of a whole population. It's not just Ismail or Ahmed. It's not just Akram or any other one. It's a story of a whole nation that has been under considerable fear and horror because of indiscriminate fire. And it's the duty of the world to continue to work towards seizing the fire and ending this atrocity now, because I think the consciousness of the world has been stained by the ongoing atrocities. And I think the ones who were killed 
the ones who are guiltless, the ones who were hoping that they would survive and build their life and continue growing and loving their friends and ended up killing, I think they deserve a fitting homage which is serving justice and ending this ongoing aggression and enhancing and bringing about a ceasefire. You can head on over to our website, communications-inc.org, to subscribe for our mailing list and to stay up to date with our next live events and our available merchandise, and we are also available for bookings. You can also check out our content on Patreon, YouTube, TikTok, and our new upcoming channel on Rumble. We have merchandise that is available through our website, Shopify, Patreon, and Amazon. You can contact us at any time. We are here to help with any questions. We are also here to give you, our listeners, and our customers the best week. Welcome. Please help me welcome back our guest, Federico Molano. Hello. Hello, Naila. Hello, audience. All right, guys, today, as uh, you uh, put it well, Naila, it's uh, a very important day um, in many ways. Um, what you're going to hear... Uh, as Naila told us before, is the report of, um, okay, I think we already heard that, eh? Yeah. Okay, so the report that, that you just heard is um, very important because it tells us what Canada, New Zealand, Australia um, have done. And what is that? Just yesterday, these three countries, again, Canada, New Zealand, and Australia, have released a joint statement saying that a ground invasion of Rafah by Israel will be a catastrophe, which is what the word Nakba means. And we all know now, if you are a follower of our show, that Nakba means catastrophe. And uh, there has been many catastrophes, especially the ones in 1948. And of course, uh, the Nakba that the, the Prime Minister of Israel, with the President of Israel also, and uh, uh, Likud party has promoted since October 7. And uh, these three governments are calling for an immediate ceasefire. Uh, too little too late, I must say. After more than 35,000 people killed, the numbers that we can get for the healthcare system uh, in Gaza well, those numbers cannot be corroborated by other institutions just because Israel don't let anybody in. So, yes, a little too late for the ceasefire, but it will be anyway important for Gaza and Israel to come to a ceasefire. We have to remember that there is not a war. A war happens when two countries have similar or equal um, armament. That means that the forces are engaging in somehow equal um, opportunities to defeat one another. That means, in this case, uh, that Gaza is not at war. Gaza has been occupied since 1948, even though this uh, enterprise began more than a hundred years ago with the Balfour, de Balfour Declaration, something that we have spoke about many times in this program and in other programs like React Today on YouTube which has been very censored. My program has been very censored, uh, for which I ask your support so that you can subscribe to the channel, support the channel, and make your comments as long as they are respectful. It, they will be appreciated. So, yeah, um, 
we are with the Canadian and uh, New Zealand and Australian government too little too late a statement when they're calling for an immediate ceasefire something that was not pronounced in the International Court of Justice when they um, have came to the conclusion that there is plausible uh, genocide being committed by Israel in their uh, uh, last pronouncement uh, just recently on the last month you remember the 11th, 12th, and 13th um, of January, the International Court of Justice came together in order to call out Israel because of the suit presented in front of International Court of Justice by South Africa. Um, why? Because South Africa, having been uh, uh, left behind the apartheid, uh, government by foreign countries, in this case in the South Africa with the British and uh, um, of course the Deutsch, uh, the Dutch, I mean the Netherlands, and the different colonies that were taken by uh, European countries in the 17th, 18th, 19th and 20th century. Uh, so the experience of South Africa called on conscience to them to demand to sue Israel for genocide according to uh, the Convention to Prevent and Punish Genocide of 1948. With this information, we have to add also that 125 journalists have been killed since October 7, 2023. Ceasefire talks just yesterday, 14, uh, the Valentine's Day 2024, ceasefire talks in Egypt, that is in Cairo, have been broken down after Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, um, who reportedly blocked Israeli negotiators from returning to Cairo for following up talks to secure the release of Israeli hostages held in Gaza. So this shows us, the country and the world, that it's not Hamas who is sabotaging the conversations or breaking the treaties and the look for the, the ceasefire, as Israel, CNN, and all Western mainstream media has told us. It is not Hamas. It is Israel who is broken, as this document proves, when Benjamin Netanyahu decided to stop the negotiations from returning to Cairo for follow-up talks to secure again the release of Israeli hostages held in Gaza since October 7, 2023. Um, this opens our understanding, guys. I hope your understanding, in the sense of um, that seeing is believing. That is, that Israel plan all along was and still is to erase Palestinians and Christians from Gaza, to erase their culture, including Christian culture, and uh, for them to be absorbed by other countries such as Egypt or Jordan or Congo, which are the countries that have been asked by Israel to receive the displaced, the killed, the assassinated, the massacred people of Gaza with the excuse to defeat Hamas. We have to understand also that on the territory of the West Bank, where there is no Gaza, assaults have been happening also since 1948, but especially since October 7. If there is no Hamas in the occupied territories in the West Bank, why to kill innocent people there too? Why to destroy mosques, religious, historic emblems that uh, uh, Israel is destroying purposely? And they don't want to admit that they're doing a genocide. 
no, against these people. No way, according to them, and with the support of the United States, you can hear uh, here now, uh, Jake Sullivan, you can hear uh, Lloyd Austin, you can hear uh, Anthony Blinken saying that they are doing the best they can to prevent what is happening. We all know that is a lie. Even the Vice President uh, Mike Pence, which was Vice President to the um, administration of Donald Trump, is signing bombs every time he goes to Israel. Signing bombs. I'm talking about 2,000 dumb bombs in order to kill innocent people, women, men, and children. We have to remember also that most of the people that are dying there are women and children, and that the majority, the 44% of people in Gaza, are children. So Canada and uh, uh, New Zealand and Australia came way too late uh, uh, to say that they're calling for a ceasefire and calling a catastrophe uh, again, another Nakba, um, uh, in order to stop Israel. This is a total lie. This is nothing but a political movement in order to gain voters to vote for the Liberal Party here in Canada, there in, in, in New Zealand and Australia, trying to show that they are caring for something that should not have happened in the first place because Gaza as West Bank are territories given to the Palestinian people uh, uh, in the treaties of 1967 meaning that since 1967 the West Bank had been occupied by violent settlers to the point that even Jewish people that are not permitted, uh, according to this treaty, to live in the West Bank are going to the West Bank, go to Muslim families, and they just camp, make a camp in their houses, in their backyards, and they say, I'm here to take your house. And why are you doing this? Well, if I don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. So I'd rather stay here. And you know who supports that? The IDF. That is the Israeli Defense Forces, which the Palestinians, with due reason, and many of us called the IOF, meaning the Israeli Occupation Forces. And that is just to uh, mention some people that uh, have the responsibility as journalists to tell us the country and the world the truth and because here in Canada, CBC CTTV uh, um, you name it, all the mainstream media, never tell us anything about us, it is us, it is the responsibility of the citizen to find the truth in our own terms and not only that, just to be censored by Bill C-11 and Bill C-18 here in Canada and all around the world, this has to stop because nobody tells Israel what to do but if it was one children, if it was one woman killed in Israel or an Israeli, oh, invade, destroy the enemy, who did that terrorist? What Israel is doing is not only illegal according to international law, we have also mentioned that before in many programs, but it's a terrorist rogue country. The other part that I wanted to mention is that the citizens of Israel are spitting on Christians and Muslims and everybody else that is not a Zionist, that is not a Jew. You have seen the videos on TikTok how Israeli citizens, from children to teenagers to adults, are so belligerent that they spit on Christians. They attack mosques, they destroy mosques. The IDF comes to the mosque inside the mosque on prayer's day and Ramadan is coming this year for the Muslim people, which is supposed to be one of the deals and the treaty and the conversations that were taking place in Cairo in order to at least respect the Muslim 
uh, religion and the Muslim faith in Gaza and the West Bank in order not for the IDF to attack any of the mosques, which is included in international law, which is included in the Convention to Prevent and Punish Genocide of 1948, which includes in their numerals, which I read for you in my program React today as part of the World's Royal Project, all the documents, so you can go there and, and, and listen to it. And uh, they don't care. Israel is one of the countries with the United Kingdom and the United States that have been having chart blanche in homicide, in genocide, in destitution of governments, in destruction of governments like they did with Syria, with Iraq, with Afghanistan, with total impunity. And that, what is happening since October the 7th, I should say, for more than a hundred years ago, so has, as I have been covering historically with documents and, and historical facts, and after the Second World War, with the creation of the State of uh, Israel, of course the United Nations, of course the CIA, of course the World Bank, of course the International Monetary Fund, to attack all countries around except Israel. Israel lives with a higher standard of living in the world, not even Europe or Canada lives with such standards of living. I'm not against that. What I'm against for is for the killing and assassination of innocent people with zero intervention from Canada, from the United States, or the European countries, or the UK. That is, is unacceptable. And if you're a Christian, and if you believe in any good, you should be saying, you should be marching, you should be trying to stop, you should be going to your representative and demand from them to stop this genocide committed in front of our eyes. Uh, in 2024, in plain 21st century, which these things should not exist or happen. The elect people of God, according to the Christians, which are also even more, 600 million people that are being convinced by their pastors, by their bishops, and by their popes, and by whomever they rely on, especially the, the cult churches of the evangelical Christians, supporting the genocide according to Genesis 12. If you listen to my program uh, uh, from Vietnam to Palestine, you will understand why I explain in the second part, um, the biblical part, in which I expose how and why biblically Israel has no right whatsoever, not in the eyes of humanity, not according to human rights declarations, not according to United Nations Charter, not according to the Bible itself to do what it's doing. I explain with passages with historic moments with Genesis 12 every single um, uh, passage that I just to begin with why Israel is doing what God does not want Israel to do and you how have to many, watch the program to understand it and how many women and children have to die no well yeah I mean why is it that there's not a double standard there's a multi a standard when it comes to Israel. There's a different standard when it comes to the Security Council in the United Nations for uh, um, the United States. They choose not to abide by the International Court of Justice. They choose not to abide to the uh, um, <coughs> International Crime Court, which is a court that penalizes uh, uh, criminal actions against humanity, which are the ones that the United States, Israel, and their allies are and have done since and before uh, the 20th century, during the 20th century and now in the 21st century. This is impossible to accept that on the 21st century, 21,000 uh, 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 
years, 2,000 years, let's say, after we have not come to any conclusion as a civilization to understand that we should live each other in harmony with respect among the other. Like I have said in my discourse of December 9 that even colonel, uh, um, some colonels that are interviewed in different programs repeat after me, which is don't do unto others what you don't want to be done unto you. Uh, and this message is um, for Colonel Scott Ritter. Please, if you hear my program, at least make reference of my program. Why? Because as a Canadian, as a candidate for prime minister, I need your vote in order for us, the country and the world, to understand that these kind of policies have to stop. No more wars in the world, better call for understanding and good relations among the countries. So I don't believe uh, from the point of view of uh, religions that what Israel is doing what Israel is doing is justifiable by any means. So, yeah. Another issue is that um, uh, when uh, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu just yesterday broke conversations um, in Cairo regarding the Hamas and Israel in order to come to a ceasefire, well, Benjamin Netanyahu don't care. He don't give a damn about it because he just broke conversations that could have uh, end up on the ceasefire that everybody around the world wants to happen. And what he said that is that, no, don't get back to the table. So the parents of the hostages, the families of the hostages there in Israel, came out and uh, 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 one representative of many of the parents group of the now more than 100 or 135 hostages is still in Israel, that it can be more, they came together and this is, and I quote, this decision of our Prime Minister, uh, speaking of their Prime Minister, and I quote, this decision amounts in effect sacrificing knowingly all of the hostages' lives, unquote, said uh, a, parent, a parent Israeli group yesterday night. I don't know what's your opinion on this and what is your take on, uh, on these events, uh, dear audience, but I hope you make some comments and call the number immediately. Uh, we have had some issues in, in the last few weeks regarding uh, technical uh, issues and lack of equipment. Uh, so uh, bear with us. We're going to keep on doing this program as long as we can. And any donations will be helpful as well. Absolutely. We need to buy new equipment. And this is a grassroots program. Uh, it's also my channel. So... We count on your support, but more than your economic support in order to get and provide better programs to you, better quality programs for you, um, is for you to understand that we have to stop this menacing uh, new world order, rule-based order that Americans and Israelis and the UK and the leaders of Europe, this is the leaders, this is not the peoples. I think you have seen, guys, the millions and millions of people that have come out in the streets here in Canada. We have protested here, I have protested here, uh, marching also against what Israel is doing but also because of the injustices and the government of Canada has become with the Liberal Party, and I don't think it's going to change with the Conservative one. So in order not to make this program too long, um, I ask of you to support my candidacy for Prime Minister in order to change realities not only for Canada, but for us, for the country, and for the world. I think this world needs to change their 
political apparatus because we are not being represented. That's what the millions and millions and millions of people in Australia, in Germany, everywhere around the world have marched against what Israel and the United States and the UK and the leaders of Europe are still doing, pretending to be careful, pretending to care, pretending to influence Israel decision. I have never in the history of humanity read or know of a country that is so rogue and openly terrorizing other countries. And not only that, taking over university pensums, taking over university influence by donors that withdraw $100 million if the president of uh, the uh, Pennsylvania University stays in university after being accused of anti-Semitism. All this crap has to stop now. We demand justice against uh, the people that are committing these crimes and to be held accountable in a universal court of justice and for the International Court of Justice as well as a criminal court of justice to um, be clear regarding this matter and not only accuse but penalize the countries and complicity according again to the Convention and Prevention and Punishment of Genocide signed in 1948 which for Israel, the United States and Canada and the majority of the countries of the United Nations have signed making these demands uh, 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 um, not only viable but binding that means of immediate uh, 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 how do you say that? You have to obey immediately. You have to follow these uh, laws, international law, uh, in the Charter of the United Nations, and international law. These have been binding immediately. It's not for tomorrow. It's right now. So I wanted to finish with something uh, on this comment, unless you want to say something. Yes, I want to add something. I was watching a video earlier where um, there were protesters in front of uh, Netanyahu's house or behind his house and um, they were throwing blood as fake paint at his car and saying that his uh, the children's blood are on his hands they're not only on his hands they're the blood of those children and the women and the many innocent people they're on um, Biden's hands they're on Trudeau's hands they're complicit and what they're doing, and they're saying that they're w calling for a ceasefire. Where's the ceasefire? That's right, and, and I have to correct you here with all due respect, Ayla. It was not in front of the house of Netanyahu. It was in the in front of the house of Antony Blinken. Oh, my mistake. Sorry. No problem, uh, uh, Antony Blinken, in the United States, but also in the house in front of the house of the ambassador of Israel to the United States. Which is an important point, Naila. Thank you. Yes, I remember that is also uh, something that the people are doing. So we have to conclude that uh, we need better information. And for that matter, Andrew Wilkie, which is uh, a representative in the Australian Parliament, um, have been asking since yesterday in Australian Parliament to release Julian Assange, one of the most important journalists ever in history, which have released for us the country and the world truths that we needed to know in order to stop the dominion, the hegemony, the sick, malign, evil, devilish attitude of the United States for the last century, and of course of its allies, beginning with Israel.
to begin with, which is committing in front of our eyes, in front of God's eyes, in front of kidding Christians, making fun of Christians, of course, destroying all the patrimony that is in all the countries that are like, for example, Syria, which Israel bombards. Syria, for example, is an illegal occupation also by the United States and allies, which have bases in, in Iraq and kill their generals. United States is being attacked for that same reason. There are illegal occupations or presence that Syria nor Iraq have invited them to be there. They just are there because there are colonial powers that have been uh, getting away with murder, with assassinations, with destroying economies and taking over their resources legally for way too long. And I ask myself, where is God in all of this? And I'm infuriating like millions of us are here, are here in Canada. So if you want a different approach to these matters, vote for me in the general elections, uh, hopefully um, for uh, Prime Minister of Canada. So yeah, Andrew Wilkie, thank you. Uh, he stands against uh, the government of the UK in order to avoid the extradition of Julian Assange. And so do I. I am against the extradition of Julian Assange and release Julian Assange immediately. You can also check out our other podcast, Author's Corner, through here and also through our website and through Patreon, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Rumble as well. Thank you for joining us, and if you'd like to follow us, you can hit that subscribe button and keep up to date with our next episodes. You can also head on over to our website, communicationsinc.org, to subscribe to our mailing list and to stay up to date with live events and our available merchandise through Patreon. We are accepting donations through our website and through Patreon as well. And you can go to patreon.com communications. Let us know what you think in the comments and we would be happy to take any suggestions from our audience. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you next week.